Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Canadian events for the regular people. gentlemen here we are it's the canadian beacon not the canadian bacon it's the canadian beacon broad podcast and uh it's craig here with my uh compatriot todd hello number Say three to, number three yeah number, podcast number three and we have a great show tonight we're going to be talking in uh, and this is all canadiana tonight we're going to be talking about the good old wee scandal in parliament hill i know some of you guys don't want don't reach for that button to shut anything off because it's actually interesting what we're going to be talking about. There's so much information that's coming to light over the last few days and last literally the last few hours. Now a lot of it we have to thank is our member of parliament for the Pierre Polyaver. I don't know if I pronounce that right, but uh, I don't know. I was watching him on his uh, interview with the the two brothers from the We organization, and I. I Boy, he was good. What do you think, Todd? He was amazing uh, inter, uh, for questions and and the, really pointed out some uh, interesting facts. The guy is amazing at asking very important questions. Unfortunately, most of the people he asks questions to aren't up to give an answer. That's right. Because uh, we saw the, what is it, the Trudeau word salad. Yeah. Is alive well, and well in, par- yeah. in Parliament Hill. By the Stumblefuck Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the the We organization, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just give you we should give you a little background for you uh, people that don't know much what's going on. And let me just pull it up here. The We organization. Everybody, uh, if you have kids, everybody's familiar with the Me to We days that were being uh, promoted in all the schools, which uh, almost is a sense of a, a forced. Uh, what, what do you, how do you put it there, Todd? A forced uh, donation program? <laughs> yes, where they um, they use uh, kids to, like UNICEF boxes almost, the same type of deal as pressurize, or pressurize, pressure kids into uh, participating in this um, charity, them doing most of the fundraising. Yeah, that's right. And and just looking at their their site from the the We organization, the We We Charity, I, I'm just looking at their 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 mission statement. And it says, We Charity is an international charity and educational partner. Our organization is unique in that it operates co- collaborative. Well, can you say collaborative programs both domestically and internationally? In the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., We Day and We Schools are initiatives of We Charity that educate and empower young people. We Schools is a year-long service learning program that nurtures compassion in the students and gives them the tools to create transformative social change. And We Day is a series of inspiring events that celebrate youth making a difference in their local and global communities. Uh, did I just read some word salad? Um, I'm just thinking... Am I allowed to say the word cult? <laughs> I don't know. These guys are uh, pretty serial by the looks of them, eh? A lot of yes, money has been flowing through their organization for a while. Kind of brings a lot of questions uh, to bear. 
This yeah. Let's see our founders. Let's go look at our founders here at their, their program on their website. Here it is. Craig, Mark, and Roxanne have spent over 20 years making the world a better place. That's amazing. Craig Killebegger, Mark Killebegger, well, Roxanne Jewell. I, I think you could say, yeah, like downtown Toronto. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Is that all the real estate you're talking about that they purchased in the downtown Toronto court? What did you say? There's about 40,000 square feet for their, their office? That's one of their buildings, yes. Yeah, that one of the buildings they have. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. They rent that, though. That's So that's a big expense, right? Correct. The WE organization rents that building? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. Who do they rent it from? I believe, I don't know if the shell company's called Me2We, but I believe the owners of the building are members of the Kielberger family. Oh, okay. That that kind of makes things a little interesting, too, doesn't it? 40,000 square feet in Queen Street, downtown Toronto. I wonder what that'd go for per square foot. Ooh, quite a bit. Um, the estimated real estate value of the buildings that they have is approximately $50 million. $50 million. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty good for a charity. Uh, it's a tidy sum. Yeah, tidy sum for a charity to be uh, to have. Uh, I, I'm also. It's just, this is not the Clinton Foundation, isn't it? It's not. No. Oh, okay. But it's, it's, uh, the interesting thing is the charity does not own that real estate. Oh yeah. The yeah. Shell uh, Real Estate Company, I believe, owns that. Real and estate. the directors of that company are just happily members of the Kilenberger family. I take it. Correct. Oh. Yeah, and probably a majority shareholders, too, I would suspect, as well. Oh, I think majority, majority shareholders, yes. Yeah, oh, that's very interesting right there. So uh, we had uh, some interesting points. We're going to go over one at a time, and, and uh, I'll let you start off, Todd, and let's have a little discussion on each one of these interesting points. Well, when you first talked to me, let's use that as a show topic. I thought, do I kill myself? Or do I delve into the details of this scandal? I went and just started, well, I'm going to just write out all the things that I think are wrong in this whole situation. And I came up with eight, oh, I'm up to 21, 21 things that I'm tending to have an issue with. 21, that's 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 more than a, a small little uh, parcel of things, isn't it? Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a shit show, Craig. Yeah, yeah. It, sound, it really looks like it from what I can see as well. It's smelly and ugly when you uh, peel back the surface and actually look at it. Did you want me to go kind of through them one at a time? And then yeah, we'll that would be great. Let's, let's start from your, your, your list and we'll work our way down through it and see what, where we can get with this. Well, I, I think the number one thing I saw that I thought was a conflict of interest on the part of our esteemed prime minister and his village idiot finance minister, Mr. Morneau, not, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Recruiting themselves? Recru yes. Yeah. Recusing themselves from the decision-making process. The fact is that they, as we'll see as we move down into this more, they've got their sticky little fingers deep into this organization through family members 
and the transfer funds. That's number one. That's that's a Prime good point. Minister and our finance minister are dead to rights in a conflict of interest. And I'm sure Captain Sox will apologize again and move on with his life. <laughs> that's right, but, because, you know, as long as they say I'm sorry, it's all okay, right? That's right. I'm sorry I gave $900 million in item number two, which I would like go over, is it was a no-bid contract. Yeah, well, that's – you, you got to accept, though, you know, no-bid contracts in government happen all the time. And and usually they're capped at around what uh, – I think it's some higher-end uh, government offices. What is it? It's I think it's around $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the broader public sector guidelines. Uh, yeah, uh, I think after $10,000, it's got to go out to tender or something to that effect. But yeah, so I, I let me guess, uh, $912 million, was it? Or how much was it again? Uh, yeah, 900? it was $912 million. $12 million? That's uh, how many zeros is that past $10,000? Yeah. Four. Four, that's right. Yeah. And uh, my my favorite comment from Pierre Polivare one of the comments he made the other day, he was talking about, uh, let me just uh, refer to it. It was hilarious, actually. I, I really kind of, I was killing myself watching it. And uh, Pierre uh, Poliver was quoting, this was on his Twitter feed. Pierre Poliver said uh, back on July 28th, he says, Kilbergers reveal thousands of dollars of previous undisclosed expenses paid to the Trudeau family. They claim not to have the totals, but only averages. Should someone tell them that it's not possible to calculate the average without a total? <laughs> <laughs> and well, then, they probably went to liberal math school. That's right. And then, then he went on to say, you say the max amount that we could get was $43 million. Oh, I just, I, I'm so excited about this and funny laughing. I just mm-hmm. zipped right mm-hmm. my ear. He yeah. says, you, you say the maximum amount that we could get was $43 million. Originally, your government claimed we was only to get $19 million. So you have two different numbers you're working with. And then there's the third million, uh, number, which is $900 million. That was the total scope of the program for the, the we was the sole sourced administrator. You now said that $900 million was to create 20,000 positions. But 20,000 positions times $5,000 per position, which is going to be the payout, the math right there comes to $100 million. Overhead, Craig. So, again, our uh, Pierre Poliver brought up the point, what happened to the other $800 million on this? Where, where is that accounted for? And, again, it comes down to liberal math, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like... Uh, in a, in a liberal society, you know how you come, become a millionaire. You start off with ten million. <laughs> yeah, it's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and you end up with about a million. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's so interesting. That, you talk about that money, and the one thing I was, I have a question on, is there's some question as to where that money was going first. Some are speculating, and I, it's not 100% clear yet, that it wasn't necessarily going to the WE charity initially. It was going to the me to WE 
organization before it went to the charity. Yeah, and that's that's a good question. I know that the two brothers claimed this wasn't the case, but uh, again, that was brought up by Mr. Prolliver that uh, kept referring to it. So that's that's a good question. I, I'm not personally quite too sure if that was clarified clarified or not in the interview with the two brothers. You think those two little oily bastards answered any questions? Again, we have they, they, they went to the school of the liberal word salad, and they, they did do that. Yeah. What's the next point you have there, uh, young Todd? Well, it's quite interesting that Justin Trudeau's mother evidently was paid for speaking at 28 events, and she managed to rack up nearly $500,000 in fees and expenses in 28 visits. We should do some liberal math on that. So let's, it was something like 480,000, I believe. 480,000, wow. Uh, when you that's said rack. That's $17,000 in engagement. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I, uh, using the word rack and uh, Maggie Trudeau in, in the same uh, in the same conversation there, I don't know if that uh, it pertains to anything, but uh, oops, what's, what happens there? <laughs> oh, no, that's going back to the, the Rolling Stone days, I guess. But yeah, yeah, but it wasn't uh, a rack that everyone saw. Yeah, yeah. So, again, uh, uh, one uh, on Twitter, again, from under Pierre Polliver's feed, they had received information from the Commons Finance uh, Committee that in addition to the 312000 paid, this was as of uh, today, paid to Margaret Trudeau for speaking, she was reimbursed a total uh, another $167,944 in expenses. Yeah, for that total of $479,944. let us see, uh, if I, uh, I, know, I know whenever I go to Toronto and... Uh, do any speaking or anything like that. I, I, I generally, uh, you know, submit uh, expense bills in in a range of about sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars too. Don't you, Todd? When you go out and on your work? Yes, I I account for my mileage, and um, I don't I don't even actually submit food expenses, uh, my lodging if I have to, because I figure I have to eat anyways, because that would be unethical. But that's going to keep Margaret in panties for quite a while. Or, yeah, or out of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so it got back down to uh, they're asking why, why they're using Margaret as a, a spokesperson uh, and why would they pay her so much as a spokesperson for the WE organization. I think uh, what was said to reply that uh, because of her background in previous mental illness challenges that she might have had over the years, she was an ideal candidate. And I, 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 I kind of shook my head. I said, couldn't they got a guy like Fleury uh, who, you know, yeah. that would be a much better choice. And there's a there's a quite a upstanding person that he probably wouldn't have asked for any money to do this, uh, to talk about uh, his the situation. And, and uh, I just thought, boy, they really... Uh, Paid a lot just to hear one person's uh, trip through Wonder World, I guess, and their experimentation for uh, with drugs and everything else. I guess that you know it, uh, we need a babbling idiot. Let's pay them seventeen thousand dollars per appearance, so she can um, uh, 
babble like a fool. Well, that's that that money is just that's the expenses, so right? Uh, no, that was uh, I worked it out. It's seventeen thousand dollars an event, about four hundred eighty thousand dollars divided by twenty eight events. Oh, okay, okay, good, good. There, that's that doesn't sound like liberal math, but uh, that yeah. sure does sound like uh, accurate math that uh, indicates a, a pretty good coin for uh, being on the, sp- the speaking circuit. Yeah, stupidity pays. You betcha. Yeah. What else you got there, Todd? Mr. Morno's $41,000 vacation to uh, Kenya and Ecuador at wow. as a guest of the WE organization. $41,000. Yeah, and you know, that, that kind of – I was looking at the, the WE uh, website. They do have their own travel company, which – happens to visit these nice little places of Kenya and, and Ecuador. What is it, $4,000 a night to stay or something to that effect? I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot. Of, that's a nice vacation. I, I wonder as well the fact that he completely forgot about it and then managed to pay it back, according to him, on the day he had to testify in front yeah. of the committee. Coincidink. You know, just a co- total coincidink. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, that's that's like one of those things like uh, when Clinton found out he's on the uh, – that uh, air, airlines had – or not airlines, but air yes, crew yeah. had to make uh, log entries of the, the passengers and the aircrafts for Epstein's aircraft. They're like, a, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Bill's oh shit moment. Yeah, and here we are. We, this is our our finance minister's oh shit moment, and he figures just by throwing some money at it right after this is what two years later. Yeah. yeah yes. That. Yeah, it was in twenty. Actually, it was almost three years later. It was twenty seventeen. Yeah. That oh well, I gotta, you know, he kind of maybe just pat, you know kind of forgot about it. I mean, he's too busy spending all his McCain money. I mean, he is married to one of the heirs of the McCain. Uh, um. Uh, family, so uh, you know, yep. forty-one thousand, man, it's pocket change. And the best part about that whole thing, he went to the WE organization and asked them for a, a bill that day as well. So the bill that he received from the WE organization was dated the same day he had to testify uh, before the committee. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like it was on file, and they said, "Oh, here it is, here." Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> well, they, they had to make care. one up. They, they had to make a bill up and give it to him, which was dated and time-stamped and everything else, and it was dated the day he testifies to the committee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I want to talk, when we're all done this, I want to talk about the ramifications about this for voters because, I mean, they don't even care. They will do that. And, and they'll just keep moving along like nothing happened. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is that doing the math that Mr. Polivier was talking about is approximately half of that money was going to end up directly on the on the volunteers of the program. It's not very efficient. 
Yeah. Or on their website, they say that uh, they they got a um, you know uh, these get these these charitable organizations will hire someone to do a, what do you call an evaluation of their uh, their of their finances and their claim is that 86% of every dollar collected goes directly to the charity. That ain't 86%. No, no, not at all. And that's the other thing I, I was kind of questioning is there's a, a, one of the comments in one of the discussions was $912 million. Couldn't they have taken that money for all these poor students that are looking to raise money to go back to university and to, to work summer jobs to do things like that? Could they not have just tweaked the CERB program just a little bit and run that money through the CERB program, uh, which could directly go to the students and adding an inter, like a, a, a middleman like the WE organization to uh, take half of it away for themselves and then spit out five grand for uh, doing some menial work and then on top of that uh, violate every labor law in the, in the country by doing so? Well, I yeah, I think so. Then then uh, you could get all your man bun wearing, sleeve tattooed, fun bo- or soy boys, give them five thousand dollars to go down to um, Scotland and pick asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Scotland, Ontario? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. Uh, Was it east of Brantford, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> or west of Brantford? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, a, that's a fine all, intersection. I've been there one time. Yeah. The, all these liberal arts students, uh, you know, taking a useless degree anyways, at, at least they can be, have some use and go pick some asparagus. Yes, I think the point here is that money could have been better spent. Oh, for sure. I was yeah. just thinking of that asparagus. I'd hate to near, be near one of the urinals near by, near that area. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. just get in you one way or the other yeah that's a that's gonna leave a mark Holy yeah fuck. yeah okay. the other thing is is that and this is a personal a personal remark is that these two little pious uh woke twits uh go on and on about how charitable they are while sitting on top of a a fifty million dollar real estate empire. Now, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge anybody from making money and and earning a decent living, but the fact is, is that what they do is they take kids from working families that struggle to survive to tell them how disadvantaged pe- people are in the third world. And that we have to give money when we're our families, especially with this bullshit COVID crisis going on, are barely getting by. And these guys, you know, virtue signal about how, uh, you know, what they try to do. Yet they're they're never gonna go hungry. Not sitting on top of a fifty million dollar real estate empire. Yeah, and not with uh, laying off most of their staff in the, on all these foreign countries as well. From what I, I was reading, a, a investigative journalism by the website Canada Land, mm-hmm. and uh, it, a lot of these locations that they claim to be doing all this exceptional work, contributing tens of millions of dollars in each one of them, 
it works out to less than a million dollars in each one of the nine countries that they're in that they actually have spent. And I was looking at the Ecuador uh, location, and I think for their million dollars, I think they got about a 100-acre farm out of it, which they makes a vegetable farm. So good return on the money there. But uh, who knows, a lot of these people that were working in all these uh, little uh, outreach locations were all laid off uh, just recently. Yeah. And that's so... Again, there seems to be a, an indication of financial hardship there, for sure. Yeah, and let's speculate for a moment of the circumstances. They're laying people off. Obviously, their pipeline of fundraising through schools, school children, and things like that, 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 that was their source of fundraising. And then all of a sudden... Along comes the government of Canada preparing to hand them $912 million. That's right. What a coincidence, or quinkadink, as you would say. That's for sure. That's for sure. There, there's a, that's, a life ring, I, that's a life ring I think they had desperately grasped for, don't you? Yes, in a second. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that what they do is, as part of their real estate business, they own a, a 40,000-square-foot headquarters in downtown Toronto that is rented out as the WE organization's head office. Don't you think if you were running a charity that you would try and keep your overhead at the lowest possible level that you could, that you'd think, Maybe I'll look for some, you know, more economical place for my headquarters rather than downtown Toronto, which has probably got probably the most expensive real estate in Canada, maybe next to Vancouver or something like that. But why why there? Why that building? Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder. Uh, you look at it, again, real estate costs. What's in 40 thousand square feet of space that would be required that's the other thing that was one of the things canada land uh, was saying that a lot of the money that they designated say for ecuador they say there's a million dollars designated for ecuador the actual money that got to ecuador ecuador is unknown but they were using from what i from reports of ex-employees is a lot of that money was being spent in Canada for uh, business space, for things like that. But they were designating, saying, oh, that's for Ecuador, when in reality, the money never got to Ecuador, but it was used administratively in Canada, disallotted a certain percentage to, say, one of those countries. Yeah, well, and, and that's the interesting thing about there's a lot of questions about the flow of money, how, what you know, what money comes in, where it goes. One of the, they made an interesting comment when they were being interviewed, where they said that 100% of their profits can go to charity. What do you mean profits? Yeah, what are what are the profits? They should be of their donations or of the profit, right? 
They said uh, the term profits. They didn't yeah. say donations. Yeah, I, I and on that same note, that uh, referring back to that Canada Land uh, website by Jesse Brown, uh, they wrote an article. It says We Charity moved millions to private Kilberger company. It was a massive red flag for uh, a, says a, a charity watchdog, and the charity watchdog that said that it was a massive red flag investigation. It's called Charity Intelligence. Yes, I actually was on that site and that's the one that said 86% of their funds go to directly to the uh, people that need it but I think you, like you say they also see that there's a blurry line between the charity and the real estate shell corporation and money goes back and forth that doesn't exactly look too kosher that's right yeah and uh, again, from the one, the last time they were looked into, it said in 2018, an auditor flagged uh, the Wee Charity and was saying it was in breach of its bank covenants. To, uh, this was a massive red flag for the, the organization. In other words, what they're doing, they were they're leveraging loans for cash. Uh, for example, it's it's like someone that has a Mastercard uh, that has a ten thousand dollar limit. They're the company, if you have $9,950 on your MasterCard, you technically still have uh, another, you know, you're not, you're under your limit. And that's the equivalent of what they were doing on a, a grander scale. They were born. So if you, you, you learn, a, and it comes down to they're living a certain lifestyle and setting a certain image of themselves out to the public, but behind the scenes, they're literally dying under debt. That's $912 million was, again, like that big life ring in the sky, right? Mm-hmm. Or back in the Second City days, it was almost like that that six-pack and little color TV with wings coming down to you to save you, right? Yeah. You remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and John Levy reaching for it, you know, under the WSIB uh, format and stuff like that. It's the same thing. It was just a big life ring or a, or a social net that uh, – their buddy Pierre was handing out to him. Here yeah. it is, boys. Come take it. Yeah. The other thing, too, is this incestuous relationship between families. Bill Morneau's two daughters are have one actually, I believe, works for the charity or is contracted by the charity. And the other, I think, has worked for them uh, on contract. Oh, yeah. Yes. I know. That's uh, so we have the donations to the Moreau family, we have the donations to the Trudeau family, but uh, how about this? Did you know this, Todd? That this is not the first kick of the can for the Wee Charity and the, the federal government. There's been numerous, numerous other contracts that federal uh, liberal government has involved itself with the Wee Charity, paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last couple of years. To come in as consultants, come in as uh, speakers, come in as different things to their to the the federal government. These are all little things that were coming being show, you know handed out to the WE organization over the last couple of years since the Liberal Party was in power. Well, I think what we're doing is we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg on this. More will come out as the story grows, or more will not. 
depending on the mood of the press. You know, it seems the Toronto Sun seems to be covering it quite well. I've noticed, though, um, newspapers like the Mop and Pail have uh, started to kind of uh, slow down on the story. It's all a matter of how long this is going to be kept into uh, the media. I see that the polls are dropping. The Liberals, I think, have lost six points since this broke. Wow. So, yes. But, which was kind of the point I wanted to get to about this, is that this thing stinks to high heaven. This is just one thing of probably many that we don't see. And the corruption of this government, the whole Laurentian liberal establishment that think they own this country lock, stock and barrel, think they're going to get by this scandal. And they just might. They've dropped six points in the polls. But even though dropping six points, they may still win an election if it were held today. Yes, yeah, that's the scary part. You know, people, again, it comes down, we get the government we, we deserve. And you and I don't. We don't, no. <laughs> but all these other people are, for some reason, supporting these clowns. I can't understand it. And it, it baffles my mind that uh, how much of your tax dollars do you want to give to corrupt organizations? That's what it comes down to. How much of your tax money do you want your government to, to spend? How much do you want your kids in the future to pay to, to make up for all the corruption that's going on in the federal government today? Yeah, and I, I, I myself am absolutely appalled when I see the polling numbers in urban Ontario in the 905 area and the shithole formerly referred to as Toronto, the, the, this is where he, this guy has all his support. That and the Atlantic provinces. These people have to unfuck themselves. They absolutely, I just, I, I just can't ex- understand. Like, I, I, I know... I'm not saying the conservatives are any better. They're team B, and they'll need their ass kicked too. But there should be people storming Ottawa with torches and pitchforks, throwing these bums out. This is just... It reminds me of a story about um, the Middle Ages Holland when they were so upset with the (laughs) prime minister, (laughs) they cooked him and ate him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not saying we should do that but there's no outrage at all no no we don't get any of that it's 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 baffling yeah and it's like we we could do a whole subject on the ramifications of these decisions that this government has made over the last few years and the price that we are going to pay this is a blatant example of how little they care. They think they can do whatever the hell they want. They're going to go through this ethics committee thing, and I'll bet dollars to donuts that nothing will happen. No one will resign. They'll call an election this fall, and he will get a majority government. What do you think? Yeah, that's. 
I would love to see that uh, a majority government for the conservatives would be all right. But uh, with the way it is, I think you're right. We're going to we're heading for it's just another four years of the same old, same old, which is we got to get the people motivated to get out and vote. And the problem is uh, we're so complacent. And you see this in the States, too, as well, that what do they say? What's the average voter uh, attendance in in Canada runs around, if it's really, really good, around 60%? Yeah, I don't even think it's that. Yeah, or 51% or... Yeah. I know I was uh, on the... Uh, a scrutineer on the last election and in the the polls that I was dealing with uh, it averaged around between 47 and 51 percent just in the local polls that I was dealing with it was really uh, shocking to say the least which begs the question though those 50 percent who don't vote do we want them to vote (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) hmm that's a good question they're too. too stupid or lazy yeah. To yeah. get out and vote, or yeah. if they would vote, would they just vote to keep the stupid in social, power? Yep, the socialist <laughs> gravy train running. That's right. I I look at also I, I speaking of the socialist gravy train. I know some of the people I know anyway that are in the medical field and and they're very supportive of social medicine. Um, I see it as social medicine as a you know, a distinct disadvantage in Canada because we're not allowed to upgrade at all if we're allowed to. They should have a social medicine for people at like a base level and then you should allow people if they want to upgrade, upgrade. That's my own beliefs. But that's not going that's not going to be allowed in Canada anytime soon. I know that. But anyway, some medical professionals support that because they it's it's their bread and butter. It's their it's their coin in the pocket, right? They don't get laid off. They have the money coming in. They see it, and they're very well educated people, and they see this as the end all, end all. Like, see, social medicine in Canada works, and for the most part, they say, yeah, it does for them, generally speaking, compared to other countries. But then they they think if it works here. It works right across the board everywhere, and that's why we need a socialist type uh, government, socialist world. They don't understand that one concept may work in one instance, but it doesn't work for economics. It doesn't work for for uh, our policies, uh, international policies of trade and, and commerce. It doesn't it doesn't work for the other things. We can see this by you know Argentina all the, the fall of the Soviet Union, all those other places, all these failed states, they all started out with good ideas and they all ended up totally destroyed by socialism. So as a wrap-up of our we investigative uh, uh, podcast for tonight, we see there's a lot of questions to be asked about the we organization. I, I recommend people to check out that, that website at canadaland.com. It has a lot of interesting perspective. And to see where your money goes when you send your eight-year-old child to school to, to jump up and down the stage and collect money for them, check out where that money's going. Let's see some disclosures. Let's, let's see what's happening with all this property. And where is this money coming from to pay for this property? Is it like the 40,000-square-foot building that the money is somehow being laundered through the rental of that building back into the family's name? 
and making them a lot of money? That's questions we got to ask. I, uh, organizations are raising red flags about the, the charity in general. So there's like, even their CEO quit after she asked for financial records. There's a lot of questions to be answered. We, big red flag there. Yeah, big red flag there. And we have the further red flag that they got buddies in high places, like our prime minister and finance minister, who should resign because of their corruption and the divvying out of Canadian taxpayer money to their buddies in a complete unadulterated throwing the money out like it's it's like it's they got all the money in the world. It's give it all away and help our buddies out. So that's just my opinion. So as you all say, Todd, we bad bad. Pierre 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 Justin bad bad. Bill Monroe? Bad. Bad. Pierre Polivier? Good. Good. Jesse Brown. Let's say Jesse Brown. Let's give yeah. Jesse Brown from Canada Jesse Land. Jesse Brown from Canada Land, yes. A big thumbs up and good work and keep up the, the good stuff. Uh, that, again, Pierre Polivier, where he, he tried to get out of the, the, the two brothers, whether they hired a, a private investigator to investigate Jesse Brown and they refuse to answer, that's why. Yeah. You notice that... Speaks volumes. Yes. If you were asked that question, and it was a no, you would say no. Yeah. They didn't say no. They did not say no. (laughs) And I noticed on Jesse Brown's uh, Twitter feed, Jesse Brown states right off the bat, it's, it's, it's interesting... It says, quite something how Craig Kilberger can smear me as a bottom of the barrel at the same moment that he refuses to answer whether or not his lawyer hired a private investigator with charity money, charity money again, to find out what school my kids go to and what my my then eight-year-old uh, child's name is. That's, that's called intimidation. Not a good thing. Paranoid. Yep. So we'll end it there, Todd, and uh, great seeing you again. And let's keep this 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 role running and see what we can come up with next. Again, we'd like to thank uh, our sources of information. Was uh, Jesse uh, Brown there and from Canada Land? We got Pierre Polliver's Twitter feed, and we have uh, a number of articles from the National Post and the Toronto Sun that we referred to that uh, most of the information we had. Uh, how about yourself there, Todd? Did you have any other sources that you can think of? Um, no, just uh, generally uh, scanning uh, Toronto Sun, um, uh, listening to the testimony of the Bobsy twins and um, listening to Pierre Polivier take the wood, take them behind the woodshed and, and uh, embarrass the hell out of them. I would really uh, like to thank Pierre for that because he's really keeping this thing going. Um, yeah, I, he, he's doing a hell of a job for sure. Yeah, he should be leader of the Conservative Party. You got that right. Okay, and we'd like to hear from you people. If you want to shoot us an email, uh, we'll have that up and going. Uh, our Facebook page is at uh, the Canadian Bacon, or not Bacon, Canadian Beacon. Uh, on our our Facebook page, follow us, and uh, we'll be posting these videos uh, hopefully on a weekly basis, and we'll keep things exciting, and if you have any topics, we'd love to hear from you. 
again, let's try to be real, be constructive, and from a point of view, be a nice person. You have been listening to the Canadian Beacon Podcast. We would love to hear your comments or suggestions. Please email us at cbpodcast at codegeco.ca or follow us on Facebook under the Canadian Beacon.